This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Lord, we thank you for this time to gather with your people in spirit and in person and to worship you and to learn from your words. Speak to us today. Bless the Ridge Four Plus One as they sing, and may that message also inspire our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to have the Ridge Four Plus One. Come on up and bless us. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have lied in my soul, I went long, I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into came into my heart, since Jesus The sea billows roll since Jesus came into my heart. I have ceased from my wandering and going astray since Jesus came into my heart, and my sins, which were many, are all. so much. Ridge 4 plus 1. What a blessing you are to us. We're so thankful for you. And let's turn in the Gospel of John to John chapter 7 as we continue to see portraits of Christ according to the Gospel of John. John chapter 7. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, 
leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore Jesus told them, My time is not yet here, for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to this festival because my time has not yet really come. After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, Where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, He's a good man. Others replied, No, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There's nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You're demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who came to earth and lived a sinless life. Thank you for the healing miracles that he did, and thank you for his teaching. But most importantly, thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross and dying as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins once for all. We love you as our Savior and Lord, and we look forward to learning more about you as we look deeply into the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't judge a book by its cover is, in essence, what Jesus is saying in John 7.24, when he says, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. So Jesus is one that is to be known accurately and deeply, not falsely and superficially. Let's look at how some misjudged him. First of all, the half-brothers of Jesus, who said pretty much, go after fame. In John 7, verses 3 to 5, Jesus' brothers said to him, 
leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret since you're doing these things. Show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. So first of all, we dispel the myth, the falsehood of the perpetual virginity of Mary. After Mary conceived and bore Jesus as a virgin, she and Joseph had other children, boys and girls, the half-siblings of Jesus. Several of them, half-brothers of Jesus, were talking to Jesus, and they said to him, you've done these miracles here in Galilee, why don't you go big time on a huge platform of Jerusalem and really show your stuff? Well, they were saying this not because they believed in Jesus, but because they were making fun of Jesus. They were criticizing him and saying, if you're all that, then prove it to the world. Prove yourself there in Jerusalem. And it's interesting because they misjudge their very own half-brother, not realizing that he was the Messiah. Jesus replied to them, My time is not here for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. Now, Jesus said this because his time had not yet fully come. In the Gospel of John, it explains that there's a timing issue. And the timing has to do with God's purpose and plan. Jesus was not to be handed over to the Gentiles to be crucified until the right time. And the right time was going to be at Passover because Jesus is the Passover lamb. He's a lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Now Jesus did go, and he did go uh, later to the festival in disguise, incognito with uh, his hood probably up, and uh, did preach publicly, at which time the leaders could not do anything to arrest him because he was surrounded by his fans, and it would be uh, very difficult for them. But here's the view of the half-brothers. Go and show yourself. Now the Jewish leaders, their evaluation of Jesus was twofold. No seminary training. Too confusing. So they said in John 7.15, the Jews were there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? So yes, they were amazed on the one hand at his teaching, but on the other hand, they were criticizing him because he had not gone to rabbinical school. He was not under a rabbi. He was speaking, it seems, uh, by his own authority, but yet Jesus said, my teaching is not my own, it comes from the one who sent me. And he was teaching, not seeking glory for himself, but seeking the glory of the Lord, and uh, was a man of truth with nothing false in him. Secondly, they criticized him as confusing because he said he was going to go somewhere that they could not follow, that where they could not come. And they asked themselves in John 7, 35 and 36, 
where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? Of course, Jesus was referring to the fact that he's going to ascend back to heaven because he's fully God. But they didn't understand that. And for them, that was confusing. Third, the crowd was polarized over who Jesus was. It says in John 7, 12, among the crowds there was widespread whispering about him. The word for whispering is the word muttering. They were muttering and murmuring. Just like the Israelites did in the wilderness, they were complaining one to another, if this guy is the Messiah, why doesn't he just step up and get rid of the Roman authorities and become our king and do it now? So that was the talk among one another, but no one would say it out loud for fear of the leaders because the leaders, the religious leaders, could excommunicate them for life from the synagogue. What did the survey say of what they called Jesus? In verse 12, they said, he's a good man on the one hand, and others said, no, he's a deceiver. He deceives the people. And then it says in verse um, later on in verse 26, it says he's the Messiah. And some said he's the prophet. The prophet that Moses spoke about, that there will be a prophet who will be like unto me, who will come after me, listen to him. These are the views of the people, and they were divided. It says in 743, thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some were for him, some were against him, some believed, it says in verse 31, many from the crowd believed, and they said, who is going to come after this man who would do as many miracles as this man has done? We're going to believe in him as the Messiah. So they were split. Jesus is one that you cannot uh, remain neutral about. You have to make a decision. There's evidence that demands a verdict. Either he's a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. And that's exactly what they were saying about Jesus. And then there's the temple guards. The temple guards were sent by the religious leaders to go arrest Jesus they came back, it says in chapter 7, verses 45 and 46, and uh, the chief priests and the Pharisees asked them, why didn't you bring him in? And their answer was, no one ever spoke the way this man does. So the guards were captivated by the teaching of Jesus. Jesus has the words of life, and more likely than not, uh, these guards who were sent to arrest Jesus trusted in Jesus, believed in him. And then uh, they are being scourged by the leaders for doing so. The leaders said to these two guards, you mean he has deceived you also? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there's a curse on them. And next in the text, 
is Nicodemus because he's one of the Sanhedrin. So whereas the leaders thought none of the leaders of the Sanhedrin believe in Jesus the Messiah, Nicodemus speaks up because he had met with Jesus at night, according to John chapter 3. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and was one of their own number of the Sanhedrin, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? So here, Nicodemus is defending Jesus and saying to the leaders, give him a chance, get to know him better. So here you have an issue because they say to Nicodemus, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. One of the stumbling blocks that caused people not to see Jesus as the Messiah was they all assumed he was born in Galilee because he had come from Galilee. He was raised in Galilee. And so the leaders are saying, you nimcompoop, no prophet comes from Galilee. This guy comes from Galilee. You should look into it. This is ironic because he is saying, Nicodemus is saying to the leaders, you should get to know Jesus better and look into him. And they're saying, you are the one that's ignorant and should look into it. Well, this birth certificate controversy is mentioned twice, others, uh, two other times in John 7. In John 7, 26, 27, have the authorities really concluded that he's the Messiah, the crowd asked? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he's from. So the crowd is assuming he can't be the Messiah because they know he comes from Galilee. And then we find again in John 7, 41, 42, others said he's the Messiah. Still others asked, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not Scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? So do you see how people are making a superficial judgment of Jesus, assuming he's born in Galilee, when he was actually born in Bethlehem, and is a descendant of David, and is the Messiah. Here you have it. How were the people judging Jesus? The half-brothers of Jesus were saying, oh, you're such a celebrity, you deserve a bigger platform. The Jewish leaders were threatened by Jesus and wanted to kill him, to exterminate him. The crowd was divided in opinion all the way from he's a good man, and Messiah and prophet to he's demon-possessed and a deceiver. And the temple guards, they said, listen to his words. And Nicodemus said, take time to really understand him. Who is Jesus? According to Jesus. After much prayer and thought and research, I came up with this summary paraphrase that if Jesus were here right now, he could say this to you and me, and he is here by his Spirit, by the way, I have been sent from God 
with His authority to speak His words, do His works, provide His salvation, prepare apostles to spread the gospel, and to give rivers of living water to all who believe in me. That's who Jesus is. And so we conclude with this very interesting observation. When did this occur? This occurred during the Feast of Tabernacles. What is the Feast of Tabernacles? That is one of three feasts required by all Jewish males to attend in Jerusalem. And the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths, is where people would build temporary shelters out of branches to remember their time traveling in the wilderness where God provided for them. And it was an eight-day-long festival. And every day, the high priest would go to the Pool of Siloam and fill up a picture, picture, picture of water and come back and pour it in the temple, symbolic of the rock that gushed forth water where God provided for them when they were traveling in the wilderness. He would do that every day for seven days. But on the last day of the festival, the great day of the festival, he wouldn't do that because that was a day that was added to the festival later. It's on the last day, the great day of the festival, it says in verse 37, that Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So do you see the significance of this? That what Jesus is claiming is, I am that rock. The rock that was in the wilderness, the rock that poured out water, that is me. That was a Christophany, that means a pre-incarnate revelation of Jesus. And we know so because it says so in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So Jesus is saying, what you're celebrating here at the Feast of Tabernacles, I am the fulfillment of, I am the center of that. All of you have a thirst. You have a need, a need for forgiveness, a need for peace, a need for healing, a need for restoration in your relationship. You have a thirst that I can satisfy. 
Later he's going to say, I am the water of life. And so he's saying to you and to me, come to me, and when you trust in me, I will fill you by my Spirit so that you will have these living waters gushing up from within you. Does that sound familiar? Because in John chapter 4, he had seen the woman at the well. And she had a thirst because she had several husbands and the man she was living with was not her husband. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. And Jesus says, if you knew of the water I have for you, you would ask of me and I would give it to you. And it's like an artesian well that will spring up within you and continually refresh you and satisfy the deepest needs that you have. Jesus is offering this water, this living water, to all who will come to him. Salvation, forgiveness of sin, receiving the righteousness of Christ, and being filled with the Holy Spirit is yours and mine by coming to Jesus Christ by faith. That's why he came. Let us bow in prayer. Our Lord, we do humble ourselves. We recognize that many have misjudged you and have superficially assigned you as being not worth their while. And Lord, we don't want to be among that number. We don't want to be guilty of misjudging you and and uh, judging you by appearances. We know you were born in Bethlehem. We know you're a descendant of David. We know you're the Messiah. We know that you died on the cross so our sins could be forgiven. We know you rose from the dead so we could have eternal life. We know that when we trust in you, you, you pour your Holy Spirit into our hearts and our lives, and that you truly satisfy our deepest thirsts. And we come to you. We ask that you would Fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit, that you would satisfy our thirsts, that we would continually drink from your well. Oh Lord, we lift our cup, fill it up. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for being our Savior and our Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.